I have tapes and they are hot, all quite ting ting, it's the start of the pod. My team's good and yours is not quite down ting ting, it's the start of Coming to you in a pre-recorded fashion from the League Podcast Studio in Columbus, Ohio, I am Diesel, and this is Don't Fear the Keeper. Joining me today, all the way from the sad pit of loneliness that he calls a house, Chuck is with me. Kamish, how we doing? Kamish is uh, doing pretty well, actually. Kamish picked up his first win. so did. So I'll, I'll, we'll touch on this briefly, then we'll explain what we're doing today. Yeah. That was a game that I had to win. Like if, if Zach, there was one. If Zach had beaten me, mm-hmm. that's a loss that like in the middle of the season sucks. But when you're 0-4 and that loss happens, I don't know if you come back from that one. No, five losses, and I, I, the same thing could be said for Ben. Five losses is something that it would take an absolute Herculean effort to make it back into the playoffs off but, of that. But beyond that, in that specific game... Everything had pointed my way. Like, Josh Allen was playing poorly. I was on pace to um, to win. If they had, like, come back or he'd thrown another touchdown or something, that didn't matter, and I would have lost. That's just a loss you don't come back from. I yeah. thought he was going to do it. He was going to beat me. When, I saw, when, when Josh Allen threw that second touchdown, I think he had 16 points and he needed to 20 to pass me. I was like, they're going to get the ball back. Mm-hmm. They're going to be down by a hundred. They're going to throw it one more time, and he's going to. They're going to score. I'm going to lose. I was prepared yeah, to send a video similar to one that I sent, but it was going to be me sitting in my chair, being like, "I don't think I'm going to come back from this one." Guys. <laughs> Basically, like doing a live reaction of my emotions, and it didn't happen. I won, and I got to send the cash video instead. So that was that was big. Which, admittedly, as much as we all want you to not make the playoffs, um, you sending the cash video was entertaining. I was glad that we all yeah. got to see that. Yeah, I mean, I was like, I, I gotta, I gotta get the people out there. I gotta, gotta <laughs> let the people know. And I, I was, I texted John this. We could break this down a little bit. When we get to the yeah. actual games, but fuck it. In a matter of minutes, I went from we're trying to come in last place to you know what? I can go on a run here. Like, look out. <laughs> I immediately received like six texts from Chuck. I was immediately, I'm three and two. I don't claim that I deserve to be three and two, but I am. I was immediately defending my position as being better than Chuck. Like within five minutes, it swung from Chuck is going to lose the league to I, he's better than me all of a sudden. It was, it was immediately you're on the tracks, the train's coming through, John, you better watch out. Like it was that, that was an exact message that Chuck sent me actually. Uh, I, I I actually Chuck somehow managed and I have to give you credit for this you managed to spin zone the fact that because I said my defense was listen my team isn't great but I've scored over 100 points every week and somehow you managed to spin zone that to me somehow being not that good and I, I tip of the cap that was yeah, great my main point of that was I said that's like telling me like hey I'm smart I graduated high school like, like the line of mediocrity is nothing to cheer about. So I basically said that John's team's in a bad spot because he's praising the line of mediocrity and I am surging. I am surging ahead. So, so 
So that was, and then I, I will, I must toot my own horn that I then responded that in that metaphor, Chuck's team had to repeat several grades. Yeah, it, 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 it did. It sort of fell apart. Was it wasn't a great exchange at the end there for me? <laughs> but I think I got my shots oh, wow. in, and like I said, in a, in a in a in a mere few minutes, I went to like to where it was unfathomable where I didn't go on a run. And that, that's where I had myself <laughs> mentally. You did. You were incorrigible, if I could say a word. Um, and God help us all if you actually do pull us pull this off. Uh, it's it's gonna be ugly. For, it much like if Mike makes the playoffs, it's gonna be ugly for everyone. <laughs> I might get a plaque made. I might have a plaque made if I make the playoffs this year. You will give yourself the comeback player of the year award. Oh, that's, uh, absolutely. <laughs> Though it's not a comeback from last season, it's a comeback within the season. Within the same season. I thought about I thought about so the same website. Or the, I guess the same company website that we that I, we bought the trophy from, yeah. that I get the plaques from every year. They also sell championship rings. There's <laughs> between a ninety five and a hundred and fifty percent chance that I am purchasing a championship. They're like fifty dollars. Like they're expensive. Uh, but I'm going to buy myself a championship ring. Oh, actually, we're, you know what? Around. We can actually put this to a vote because I think that's actually an interesting idea. Can we say? Because that is a lot of money. Um, but if let's say someone repeats, obviously this year Alex has the chance. But if anyone repeats throughout the course of this league, um, we we put this to a vote later. But I feel like if someone repeats, they should get a championship ring. You get your plaque the first year, you get the plaque the second year, but then you also get the championship ring. I, I'm all I've always said this is just you know I mean this is something that we could really talk about, but I've always said you know. The league, because besides we have, we have that last place plenty, but I've always said the idea of doing league dues every year, and what the dues would pay for is the plaque, which is like eight dollars on the trophy, and then it would yeah, be like a championship that. ring. So it would be like you know six dollars a year per person to be in the league, um, and then but you get on the other end, you'd get that type of thing, you know. So my thing is, yeah, I think. I think the the ring is not guaranteed. The ring is like one person per year. The person who won I mean, last we start, year has a chance. We start, yeah, we, I mean, we start we start putting out rings though. This is going to become an electric factory. Oh, yeah. Our draft our draft should, should be broadcast on TV if we have <laughs> championship rings in the mix. No, but that's my thing is that I feel like uh, the ring should not be a guarantee. It should be like right now for all of us. We have at stake. Uh, we need to not let Alex win otherwise we will all be owing an extra six bucks or whatever the fuck it is like or at, yeah if it's 50 bucks we all owe almost nothing like we all owe like five dollars yeah like we all are responsible for that for alex not winning you know and yeah. if we don't then hey that's on us we we owe five dollars to getting alex a championship ring for his second consecutive championship what what we'll do is what we'll do is we'll when people have enough time to listen to this and then we get the reactions, I'll share some of the championship ring options from fantasyjocks.com. <laughs> Fuck yeah. That's, that's the plug there. And we'll just see where the conversation goes. I'm sure hey. I know exactly how it will go. Yes. I can tell you exactly which people will be on which side of the argument. Brian, out. Uh yeah, that's he'll be out on on anything that's fun like that, he'll be out on. Um, but it's still fun. Hey, might as well throw it out there. No, I agree. And I think, yeah, no, I think that'd just be like a super, 
I think that that would be... Because obviously, like, if you win two in a row, that's fucking ridiculous. You deserve some additional thing than that you have two plaques consecutively. So I think that that'd be fun. That'd be that'd be an entertaining... And then, uh, fuck it, if, if someone three-peats, we can uh, debate that. But for now, let's uh, just stop. The, o- the only exception will be that if Ben Hood ever wins one time, yes. he's, getting, he's getting an entire side of the trophy worth uh-huh. of plaques. So no, that's... we're naming the trophy after him. Wait, might... We have two... Yeah. <laughs> no, we have two conditions for naming the trophy. One is if you die. Yes. Uh, while we are still participating in that league, the 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 league will name the trophy after you. The other is if if Ben just wins. If Ben yeah. wins, he gets the trophy named after him. And, and an entire side worth of plaques. So. Yes. Absolutely. Six. What would it be? Six. No, it'd it's be six. nine. It, is it six? No, it's six. Yeah, it's eighteen years worth of plaques can go on one trophy. Okay. Wow. Shit. And two of All them right. are fucking Alex. Yeah, no, let's all just want to kill ourselves based off that. Okay. Speaking, of wanting to ki- speaking of wanting to kill ourselves. That's a great transition. Fuck me. Um, so, so I want to say, John, real quick before we get into it. I think yeah. that what what happened is the group chat equivalent of firing a nuclear missile. Is that uh-huh. an, an accurate description? So um, how about this? No, no, no. Let me let, it's the group chat equivalent of accidentally firing a nuclear missile and yes. then it's just it lands in the like atlantic no no one is harmed it but everyone gets to laugh at you except in this situation it was fired like right up your ass yeah, yeah. so let's so let's i guess where do you want to start with this john so um, i think we should start with the exposure yeah so so uh, yeah let me at least lead with a relatively brief history so as we are all aware, I wrote a book for Cat for our second anniversary. Um, that, in hindsight, was a waste of time, but oh well. I, I stood by at the time. But uh, since then, a few people were aware of it. Matt, for example, was aware of it. I still have a physical copy of it, so Matt kind of saw it. Um, the members is, of is the it ranch just, were... It's just, just on your bookshelf? Yeah, it's just tucked... I mean, it's not big. You You read it. It's like 20 pages. It's... Yeah, it's oh, just I, sort of there. I will note, say, yeah. Side note, I, I told John this. Uh, this, uh, I so I read John's book. <laughs> I prepared a review. I've written out a mm-hmm. review, uh, which I will read later. <laughs> but uh, this is now the first book that I have finished completely since sophomore year of high school. So it's unbroken was the last one. Now the tale of Curious Catherine is my most recently finished book. So, <laughs> and it was a children's book. <laughs> yeah um but yes so yeah i i have one physical copy of it because i i will say i do stand by the effort like i i put a decent amount of time into it so it's like i'm not gonna get rid of it um and yeah since then yeah matt's been aware of it uh mike i told about it and then the members of the ranch who were you know obviously living with me at the time when i was like giving this to her so i i kind of made them aware of it so this was news to about half the league. Um, though I feel like a lot of you guys were at least aware of it, even if you hadn't actually uh, physically seen it. No. I will tell you uh, I will tell you for, for sure me and Paul were absolutely 100% not aware. Well, and Ben. Ben and was ben, clearly not ben. aware. So so let's let's start with that. Yeah, go ahead. With with, with exactly what went down in the group chat. Mhm. Also, just I guess we'll, we'll get off with this is that I told John that we're talking about this because if people remember, I famously or infamously outed mm-hmm. on the pod 
uh, the fact that John and Cat broke up. Now, at the time, I didn't know that was I didn't know that was a secret. Like I didn't realize that wasn't just like out there, like free for people to know. So and I was it like, happened like three days prior. Yeah, so, so, why, so, so I was like, John, why are you so sad, big idiot? He's like, oh well, um, actually, I'm like, oh, I didn't realize that this wasn't like a thing we were talking about. Anyway, I stand by that mistake. <laughs> Well, and, and that is the other thing was that Chuck texted me in the aftermath of yesterday. We're recording this on Friday night. And he was like, we need to do an interview. I was like, absolutely fucking not. And then Chuck said, the only way to handle this, I think the best way to handle this is to to get ahead of it. And Gotta I said, control, also, control, control the narrative. To which I responded, uh, you also thought that it was best that I just describe my breakup on the pod, which was not the right call. Yes. And uh, yeah, no, but then, so I guess to my final preface of this is that I, I see this as a, I think it'll be the most entertaining podcast that we can possibly do. And B, Oh yeah. B, I see this as a penance for the fact that I said penance. I really did. I see this as a penance for Chuck and I being pretty wishy-washy on our commitment to both this podcast and just league content as a whole. That's so fair. for that, I will be doing this interview regarding the book that I wrote my ex-girlfriend. So Chuck, take it away. So I want to get, I want to start with the outing of the fact mm-hmm. that I'm not calling it an outing. I guess it wasn't like a, like we like out you as like, you know, a, pedophile or anything like that it was just yeah. like thanks just for not going with gay you went with pedophile you yeah fuck. i i thought about you know i i want to go <laughs> i did i thought about but those were those were the top two off in my mind i'm like if i out as gay people might be mad about that i'm like we're not like outing john like he's a pedophile like oh my god can you believe john did this it's like no it's like you know there's nothing wrong with this like Jesus there's nothing wrong Christ. with being gay right mm-hmm Okay. Yeah. Yes. I, I think I think I stuck the landing on that one. I'm, I'm almost positive barely, that, but you did pull I, it I'm, off. I'm almost positive that I did. I stuck the landing on that on that comment there. Okay. So the outing of John. Yeah. So I I was like in school. It came out to a hundred and fifty messages in the group chat, as well as a text <laughs> from Paul being like, "Can you believe this John book thing?" And when I saw that, my first thought was, I'm perfectly aware of the curious cases of Sherlock O'Neill. Yeah. Yeah. The The adventures, I think. The adventures of Sherlock O'Neill. Yeah. I believe it was like the adventures of Sherlock O'Neill and the curious case of Brian's Krogan a bunch of times, something like that. Yes. Yeah. No. And it's, uh, what is it? The tale of Curious Catherine, I think is the one that actually. So, yeah. So I'm, so I'm like, I'm aware of the, of the novels John's written. I was featured prominently in two of them. Um, and then well, I start to and I start to go through and I see this clip where I'm like I open the link and I'm like oh my god like John wrote a a children's book essentially to to Catherine mm-hmm. and I take it that you did not intend to share that link with the people no um so my intention and uh, fuck it we were all there but I'll briefly recap it my intention was to send Ben a link to uh, the Sherlock O'Neill book that I made for Brian and everybody that I was hoping, uh, you know, I like copied the link as I saw it on my phone and sent it. And I didn't even really consider the fact 
that I had also done this other thing that was linked to my account. Like, even if it didn't directly route you to that book, there's a chance that someone just hit, like, back or, like, something, and it just got you there. A classic bore by this author type of thing. Yeah, exactly. Like, someone could have just clicked on my account name and they would have found it. But instead, it just linked straight to that. So my question is, so is the Curious, or the the Adventure of Sherlock O'Neill, is that also available for purchase? Yes, yes, it is. Um, I believe I did, before I left the group in shame, figure out which link. Yes, you did send the correct link at that point. Yeah, so both of them are available for purchase. If it eases anyone's conscience, I believe I get absolutely zero profits from it. <laughs> like I said, it, it's like it costs like, you know, 15 bucks and they can they say like you can set a profit margin. So I could have made it 20 bucks and I would have made five. And I was I like, gotcha. no one's going to buy this besides me. So that makes no sense. So I think I set it to zero. So. Yeah, if anyone, if it makes anyone feel any better, I will be profiting absolutely zero dollars and zero cents if you buy my bullshit books that I made for fun. Oh, I'm buying everybody a copy for Christmas. That's that's 100 going to happen. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, sure. That's um, that's where my life's headed. <laughs> uh, anyway, so it's so, so so that happens, and it's aware. Okay, John has written this book. It was for Catherine, mm-hmm. and and that's where we're at. So what yeah. I have done now is I have I've read the, I've read the novel. I'm calling it a novel. It's, it's in as many quotation marks as you can fit on a page. Yes. Um, I have reviewed it. I have written a review that I will read. I have given it my Chuck rating. <laughs> it's my, my it's my book review rating. So whenever I read a book from now on, I'll give you guys a Chuck rating. Or a By Chuck, the way. Are, or a Chuck score, similar to a Doug score. Oh, now, wait, wait. Are the units Chucks? Like, do you do you give it like uh, a... The units are sausages. So it's a Chuck rating. <laughs> okay, all right. Chuck rating is out of ten sausages. I, I so I, I would also alternatively, if you're open to it, suggest that the unit be Chuck Casa the blank, and you rate it <laughs> on a scale of how many iterations of Chuck Casa. So okay. one to ten. So that's up to you. I it don't. It could care. be a scale one to four, and it's just that's just the scale. And yeah, you could go. You could go to as many decimal places as you want. Fuck it. So you know what? I'll do it. I'm gonna I'm gonna change my rating. To the Chuck Casa scale, it'll be a scale from one to four. Okay. So I'm just going to scale down my rating roughly to. Yeah. By whatever it takes. Yeah. All right. Let's go to. Okay. So it's a one to four rating now. Uh, that's the Chuck scale of one to four. Okay. Um, and then I've got another several interview questions. We're going to get into the essence behind the writing. In process of the author. Okay. Yeah, okay. Right. So I will start with the, the review of the story. Um, a review of the tale of Curious Catherine by John O'Neill. Thanks. Review by Charles Case of the Fourth. I'm going to mute myself because there's no way I'm going to be able to shut the fuck up. So uh, in three, two, one, go ahead. While appearing, at least on its surface, to be a mere telling of a tale of the adventures of a curious cat named Catherine and her companion and friend, a dog named John. This story, authored by O'Neill, actually contains deeper and more expansive thematic elements for the reader to explore. Throughout the novel, O'Neill injects symbolism into the story, allowing the reader to gain a deeper understanding of the author's purpose in literary direction. 
Who is Catherine? What does she represent? What is her driving purpose? These are all questions the author presents that enable the reader to inject their own thoughts and emotions into the story, gaining a deeper, more personal connection with the author's thematic elements. The tale takes place in several locations, a large mountain, a vast canyon, a wide river, clearly as a nod to the vast and ever-expanding elements of our world. We as a society have never been more connected, yet it appears that at the same time, we have never been farther apart. Oftentimes, believing ourselves to be left on our own to navigate life's challenges with no knowledge when or if our reward is to come. O'Neill's solution to this societal dilemma is clear. The path to understanding and successful navigation does not drive us to the reward. Instead, the reward is in the struggle, and true achievement is only attained when we look to acknowledge and understand those for whom we do that work. Rating, a 2.4 out of 4 chucks. All right, John, you can come back now. Okay, that's good. <laughs> did you like that? I did. No, I did. I um, <clears throat> I, I guess we, I, I can wait till you go, get into my process if you would like, because you did touch on some things that actually, as I recall them, were correct about how I wrote the thing. I, oh. I didn't half-ass this, I will say. So, uh... Real quick, I guess my mm. first sort of um, what the hell was I gonna say? Jesus! Oh, sort um, of something. Did I just lose my train of thought? Oh yes, this is what I'm gonna do. <laughs> so first thing I'm gonna do is say something nice about the. I'm gonna say something nice about the book, John. That's appreciated. And I'll be honest with you, outside of a few words like usually the words like conspicuously i think was used once or consciously mm -hmm. if you were just handing me this book and i didn't know who the author was and i read it i'd have been like this is just a children's book what do you what do you like what, what's special about it so mm -hmm. from that if i knew none, if i knew none of the backstory this is just a, a normal children's book i think it's a, which i think is a compliment yeah so. no it certainly is yeah so that so there was that so now to get into I, I want to walk through the process of its creation. Sure. So I threw out a couple of questions in the immediate aftermath, and I'll ask those again. Okay. What led you to making the decision that this was the way to, to go about giving your girlfriend at the time uh -huh. a gift for your two-year anniversary? So... My thought process at the time was I wanted to do something that, like, only I could do. And I think a, a few people are aware of this, but I genuinely enjoy, like, creative writing and stuff like that. That's far from hidden based on the fact that I wrote a dumbass Sherlock Holmes ripoff uh, about Brian and Colin's cars getting fucked up. But, so, my thought was, okay, like, I enjoy creative writing, um, you know, I have a very marginal amount of artistic ability. Like, let me see if I can like do some kind of children's book thing. You, you, you took that drawing class the one time. Yeah, exactly. And she and I took that together. So it's like, okay, like I, I am not as hopeless as I thought I was in terms of being able to create 
something that doesn't look awful. Mike would disagree, but still. Yes. Uh, I was like, you know, okay, I think I can do this. I, I can illustrate it myself. Even if it sucks, it's still like, you know, a homemade kind of gift. So I was like, all right, I'll, I'll do this. I think that this is something that would come across very genuine. Okay. First, excuse me. First follow-up question to that. Uh-huh, yeah. Had she given you any indications in the past that she would have appreciated a gift like this? Um, and I guess my example would be like, so I enjoy in a similar sort of craft hobby thing, enjoy woodworking. Yeah. If I was going to give somebody a gift that I made out of wood, it would be to somebody that has at least acknowledged that they are also interested in that type of things or, you know, have complimented things I had done in the past. So that, yeah. that that's my thing. Had she done anything like that for you, that would make you, it would indicated that she'd really want and or appreciate a gift like this. Yeah. Um, so to that end, uh, very few people have read the things that I've written like seriously. And she was one of them. And she had, uh, I have to assume, at least partially to be polite, been like very like, you know, complimentary of it and stuff like that. So I figured like, okay, she likes the stuff that I write. She likes me, presumably. And she was, and I have to assume is a reader. So I was kind of like, okay, yeah, no, I think this was something that, uh, I knew enough that I could make it uh, very solid. Okay, that that I'll accept as a as a, a normal. That's, so so, so uh, that makes sense though. You had sort of a a personal mental green light in your head to do this. Yeah, she was aware that this was a hobby of mine, and she okay. had read some of the things that I had written. So yeah, I, I yeah, that that's a good way to put it. Okay, what did this idea beat out? as other options you were considering. I, that I, I don't remember. I, yeah, no, I, I think this was just something that I came across and it like was, it was one of those ideas where I was like, uh, again, like I said, I was like, this is a slam dunk. Mm-hmm. Like, I know that I can do this well enough. This is a slam dunk. Did you get this vetted by anybody? Either before yeah. you wrote it or after you wrote it, before you gave it to her? Uh, I had no one vet it before I wrote it. I had several people vet it after I wrote it, mostly because, uh, as I'm sure you're all aware, while I do think I have a decent ability to like write, I make a shitload of spelling errors. So I sent it to several people to spell check it and like, you know, grammar and clarity and shit like that. So people did read this before it actually went to the person who was supposed would to be you, reading it would you care to share who these people were uh i believe ray friend of the pod okay uh uh ray because ray is um a distinct if ever the word grammar nazi was embodied in a human being it would be him uh the ocd really never comes more fully through than when he's reading something and then my mother whose actual job is just to proofread things what, is, so, what does your mother do? <clears throat> she works uh, in like, like the marketing department uh, at the time. I'm not sure exactly who she was working for at the time, but she works in the marketing department. She essentially she like proofreads proposals and sh- and you okay. know stuff like that. Um, 
So, yeah, so I, I sent it to the two most uh, egregious grammar fiends that I could think of. That's who you said? Those are the only two people? Yeah. Neither of them at any point said, don't do this, right? No, no. Both of them actually expressed support, though obviously one is my mom, so, yes, you know, I, I, grain of basically, salt. Basically, so, so, so just make sure, Ray, Ray at no point said, John, this is a bad idea. No, Ray, shockingly, as a friend of mine, was supportive. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> um, so how did you then arrive at this actual story? You said that I, I, I actually hit on some uh-huh. of your actual writing process. Explain how that all broke down. Um. So I kind of broke it out. The whole thing is realistically an allegory. All right, I'm going to sound like a... You know what? For the next several minutes, I'm going to sound like a complete douchebag. The, the whole thing is an allegory for the process of her and I winding up together. Um, I used those several obstacles effectively. Uh, there were me- different metaphors for obstacles to us winding up together. That's why there are some words that, you know, or names that you guys would... Uh, remember there's like bradley and smith i think and like uh a couple other i i haven't read it in fucking years but like i named things based on that and they were all sort of centered around uh barriers to us actually winding up together that the characters had to overcome and uh so i sort of wrote it like that i kind of liked the structure of it being two different parts with us running similar races arriving at the same point and then i was really happy about the whole like she shouts out i just wish i had someone to be curious with and then like i just whatever wander out of the woodwork yeah that's okay. that's about it so that uh and obviously cat um for Catherine. that 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 of course made sense um I yes, I did believe you, did you, did, she did, did understand. Yeah. Yeah. Did you at any point consider making yourself a different animal besides a dog? Um. Uh, not really. I thought that, that was the correct thing. I was very happy with the fact that Curious Catherine was like, okay, yeah, that's pretty appropriate. But I was like, huh, Jittery John is goddamn spot on for me as a human being so i was so pretty that, happy with so, that. so that's where that's where i'm going to start to i have, I have several suggestions for yeah. improvements on the novel okay so one i would have just gone with curious cat as the name not catherine curious. give it give it a, another layer of little more like abstract thinking to where it's clearly about her but um, it's another little, little more abstract. It's Curious Cat, which is still very much her, but it's but it's that. I think Jerry John's a stupid name. I don't. I like the okay. name. Jitter, I like the name Jerry John. I think that was a bad. Okay. I, I understand that you were going with a J for the alliteration there. I would have found a different adjective, despite the fact that Jittery does describe you quite well. Yeah. Do do you have another suggestion? I suppose is my question. I've I've been working on that because I could. Uh-huh. It was tough to stay within that J realm, it but is. I think you. What happened was you was Jittery John became a. A character immediately that you kind of feel bad for. 
I don't think in this scenario people should feel bad for you. You certainly don't. So. No, I certainly do not. Like Joyful John could have been one or um, something like that. Or just another keep the other thing would have been like Joyful J. Like, you know, something a little bit more abstract naming of the of the animals. So I do I agree with you that Jittery John I, I thought of that immediately and then I backed off of it because I didn't like it a lot because I thought it was A too many syllables. Curious Catherine to me rolls off the tongue very nicely. Yes, th- th- they say Curious Catherine, Curious Cat, that's a very good like name. Jittery it, John did not. No, it did not. And it, it I feel like I'm like Brian here. We're saying that Rudolphus Washington was a bad name, but offering no Mm-hmm. Just saying, there's a better name out there. I know there's a better name out there, I, but I just cannot. We're still struggling to come up with one. But, but there is, there probably is a name out there that would have been a little bit better than Jittery John. Yeah, and and again, that's why I backed off of it for a long time, and I kind of didn't settle on that until it was late in the process. And also, I did feel like, um, I wanted them to both be negatives, I suppose descriptions curiosity necessarily isn't a negative but for a curiosity context yeah cat it's actually very negative so i was like okay that's a negative and then so that i wanted to take a negative about myself so within that vein joyful wouldn't have worked terribly well i understand okay that makes more sense now other suggestion would have been Mm -hmm. was to keep that same sort of negative thematic thing but have sort of where Apart, they're both negative, but when they come together, they're they're positive. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And jittery and curious don't necessarily meld together. No, Chuck. As it turns out, they do not. <laughs> no, no, in more ways than one, it does not. In real life, yeah, it didn't didn't work terribly well together. Um, yeah. And then, like I said, there's a handful of these like random word choices that I would have wouldn't have used that didn't seem to flow well as the story was progressing. But other than okay. that, you know, for for your second novel, John, um, mm-hmm. I would just take some of these suggestions um, to mind. No, and that's I, I will say I do appreciate the feedback because I did legitimately text Brian, and it, there is a part of me that kind of enjoys writing and shit like that and wants to get a book published. And I was like, listen, you know, whatever bullshit aside, do you think the book just sucks? Because if that's the case, I should probably find another, you know, hobby. No, I'm telling you, if you handed me this book, you could have convinced me without effort at all that this was available, like, in bookstores and people were buying it. Like, it, it, it reads minus several, like I said, like actual just sentences mm-hmm. that don't read well. Like a mm-hmm. normal, well-flowing children's book. Mm-hmm. Which is, yeah, no, that's, and I take that fully as a compliment. <laughs> yeah. Oh, great um, stuff. My final question about this, and then we can uh-huh. move on. How did she react when you gave it to her? Yeah. And do you think that this played a significant role or any role at all in your eventual split? Um, interesting. Well, I'll say first, just as a disclaimer, because Meg will be listening to this. Meg, you can feel free to show this to her. I really don't care. But, um, Meg, this is Charlie. 
Um, I would encourage you to show this to her. I would actually ask personally as a personal favor to me that you show this to her. So, um, to get the easy one out of the way, no, I don't believe it played any factor in the eventual crumbling of the relationship. There were a myriad factors that uh, went into that that don't need to be addressed here. No, we don't but, need to get into that. I think we're all sort of aware of that story yes. or sort of that, that process. At least so. loosely. Yes. Um, her reaction specifically, um, I gave it to her in a restaurant and uh, she was what, very like... Which restaurant? It was Filio in Grandview. Okay. Um, she was like very happy about it. She seemed, you know, pretty excited about the fact that I had done this for her. She gave me my gift, which I believe was um, coupons to. We took like a dance class together, and um, then that's, we... that's going to be that's going to be a, a segment later in the year is that dance class. Absolutely. Uh and then we went back to the ranch, which was where I was living at the time. Um, we kind of hung out and like, you know, I think Brian and Garrison were home. So some amalgamation of the roommates and we kind of like we're hanging out in the living room. And we obviously didn't read it in the restaurant because that would have been weird as shit. So we were like going to read it when we got back. Uh, and she was kind of like uh, dragging her feet, I guess maybe is the phrase on reading it like she was just sort of like hanging out like you know we were just talking to brian and garrison and I'd like was eventually like hey do you want to like you know go to my room and read the book i wrote for you and she was like oh sure i guess and that was sort of the first red flag of like maybe this did land as as well as i had hoped yeah um and then the real like oh okay this didn't go well was uh I thought the line towards the end of the book where she was like, uh, I just wish I had someone to be curious with. And then whatever the character representing me shows up. I thought that that was going to be a big, like happy cry type moment, which is something that she did a lot. And I was like, okay, like, I think that this is going to be like a real, like, Oh, she's going to really appreciate that part of it. And she just sort of blew right through it. And I was like, Oh, Okay, like, you know, maybe it didn't land, you know, whatever. And I think, I don't remember, we probably talked about it months later, and she was like, yeah, I don't, I don't really know, like, that just didn't really do anything. I was like, ah. So the whole thing, <laughs> whole thing really just didn't stick how I wanted it to, uh, which is, uh, you know, not necessarily a fault of hers. Uh, yeah. The, no, the just, book you gave her, was it a hardcover book? Uh, yes, it okay. was hard. I still have the one copy. I, I got two of them, one for her, one for me. Um, yes, it is hardcover. And uh, I, I get I do feel like the craftsmanship of it at least is decent. But yeah, I have I have been I said I have minimal critiques on the craftsmanship and actual authorship of the story. Well, which is great. Um, yeah, no, it's just I don't know. As I said in the group chat, uh, with the benefit of hindsight, I think this is a very like nice idea that I may have burned on the wrong person. So if I have one regret, it's that. Okay. Oh, well. Well, that's all the questions that I have for you, John. I do appreciate you uh, sitting there and taking some of the gunfire. Um like Sean, I said, my, my logic is always get, get out there and control the narrative. Uh -huh. And, you know, 
I handle things very differently. I handle, I handle things like that. Where once, once I've done the dumb thing, which in college particularly, there are many, and they're oftentimes on video. It's out there. Let's joke about it and have a good time. So, which and I, I appreciate I you say, for doing that. I think um, this was no one's fault but my own. So to, I I agree with you here. I can't be angry at anyone else. This is this was start to finish me. So oh well. Um. I guess one to, to close this and move on to, so I guess a little bit of fantasy football and slash NFL talk. Yes. Um, are you in the process of your second story or where are you at on that one? Uh, define second story, I guess, because realistically the whole Sherlock O'Neill thing was second and third in, 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 in this, in this universe. Of, of these series of stories are you on your second one have you are you you're finished or where are you at wait so do you want me to write a sequel involving curious catherine and jittery john just like splitting up is that what you're asking if i'm writing or or bring or bring the rest of the clan into a into a, a story oh, oh shit yeah you know what that actually perhaps about the norwich football league who knows that may be on the table uh, I, I have not considered that. I had not considered that, but uh, I think that'd be fun. And I would also much to Mike's deep pleasure, probably contract out the actual illustrations to someone talented like Jane. We would say we know somebody that we've had do stuff work, do work for us before. I will say also for as much shit as Mike gave me for the illustrations, Mike did give me the sincere compliment that he assumed that the cover image, which I also drew, uh, he figured that that was uh, from Jane or somebody else that I knew who had actual talent. So <laughs> I felt pretty good about that one, at least. Well, look at that. I know, right? Happy ending to the whole, you know what? Okay. That's uh that's on the docket now. How about that? Yeah. Okay. Look at that coming soon. A tale, another review of a tale of something else. Something. It's not going to be curious. Catherine can tell you that much. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's move on then. If you're done, Chuck, which I assume I am you done. Am. I am done with the interview. I am deleting the word document that I wrote this in without saving it. So it's gone, it gone, it gone forever, John. Chuck, we, everyone has it. Uh, I have a physical copy that. No, 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 no. Of the review that I wrote. Like, I, oh. I'm not going to rehash that review. It's out. If you want to listen to it, dig through this pod episode. And find That's it. fair. Um, okay, well, to close this one out, then, now that you guys have gotten through the truly juicy part of it, the tea, if you will, uh, we're just going to quickly go through uh, last week's picks that we made and, uh, you know, where we stand now. So, last week, Chuck just narrowly edged me out his picks of both Ben and he, giving him the edge, really. It was oh, yeah. genuinely incredible. The fact that you went two for two on those two. So I went three and two. Chuck went four and one, which brings our overall record. I think the, the only game I missed was you and Mike, right? Yes, that is correct. Um, yeah, which I got back, but it still didn't matter. <laughs> um, but that brings our overall records. Chuck is up two. Uh, now he, he gained another game on me. So Chuck is 17 and eight. I am now 15 and 10, which I will say, Chuck. We're off to a fucking absolutely ridiculous start. We are. We're, we're doing. We're doing quite well with our picks. Usually, we're like five hundred until like week ten when we figure out who's actually good. 
and then and then maybe we turn it around. Rarely is the five and zero week that you and I have both had, by the way. Yes. Um, occur before week like fifteen. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we can pat ourselves in the back a little bit for that, but it is a close uh, matchup. So with that being said, we're gonna do some picks for next week's matchups. Uh, so Chuck, you do have the honors here as you are the. Uh, you did win last week. So uh, why don't you take us through them? Sure. We'll start with what I think is going to be the worst game of the week. And that's going to be Colin against uh, Mike. Mm-hmm. Colin seems really good. And Mike having Lockett um, on by and just, you know, some unfavorable matchups here and there. Um, I got to go with Colin. Uh, on this one, I don't think it's any. Um, it's also going to be a weird game because I think like Colin's entire team plays on Monday night. So that is a good point, and I think that that is going to lend like an interesting like. Mike will be leading by about probably sixty points going into the turn, but he will still be projected to lose. Yeah, it's kind of a fun thing. Uh, yeah, so here's yeah. the thing. So Arizona is so the two. There's two Monday night games this week because of the Kansas City um, and Buffalo game being moved. And the one game is Kansas City Buffalo. The other one is Arizona in Dallas, which mm. makes up of Colorado lineup one, two, three, four, five. That's five of his nine starters. All of them position players. Yeah, are playing on Monday. Yes. Um. Yeah, which I again I think is just going to be kind of fun because it's especially I think that's fun for Colin because I I don't like Thursday night games because it's like you know it's almost like you only see your projection drop, but then for Colin it's, it's just going to Thursday be night's fun. the best or the worst because if you do poorly yes. you're like I've already lost and that we haven't the weekend yet, but if you have a guy go off you're like you get to just stare at like a forty point performance for three days without nothing yeah. happening and just talk yourself into the fact you're going to win by like eighty. Yeah. Uh, but Colin is instead just going to slowly accrue points throughout the course of Monday. Like he's going to be, he's going to have, I mean, he only has four guys going. He's going to have like, you know, 60 points and he's just going to run through points. Four guys going and two of them are his defense and kicker. Exactly. What's that? 20 points right there. Maybe like, yeah, tops. Well, I guess the Colts defense is going up against Cincinnati, but still, um, I agree with you. I think that Colin has this one. Um, Buffalo's defense is good. They're not stop the Chiefs good. Um, I think that Zeke, you know, obviously Dallas is a worse team for losing Dak, but Zeke is a better fantasy player for losing Dak. Yeah, the going to be there. They should become more of a power run team similar like they were when Zeke led the league and rushing his rookie year. I mean, they were just yeah. pounding the ball with him. So exactly. So I do think that that's going to benefit Colin and yeah, for Mike, uh, I don't think Edwards Lair is going to lose touches yet with uh, Levy, Le'Veon, Le'Veon, Le'Veon's. I don't think going to be active. I think he's going to be COVID free for five days before he okay. can practice. So he'll be out Monday. He's not playing. Monday. He will be out Monday. That's coming down the line for Mike, but even without that, that's a that's a next week problem for Mike. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I think Mike's decision to pick up a bunch of dolphins is admirable, and I think it'll go fine. But yeah, he's currently re- relying on 
Look, Kenny Galladay will do well, but DJ oh, Chark Dak is hit or miss. Dak was, his, Dak was his quarterback. I'm like, yes. why the Mike start? Is it, who did he? Oh, it's, it was Dak. Yeah, it was Dak, Dak and that that's was a huge Dak. loss. That's a huge loss from like in more as a one. Well, he started Ryan Fitzpatrick, but also Dak was not only playing well, he was putting up MVP Big numbers worth fantasy points. So. Yeah, and now Mike is starting as much as, yeah, they're going up against the Washington football team. Mike's defense is the New York Giants they, who have... They play, they, they play the Jets. Oh, I'm sorry, the, the, the Washington football team is playing. Okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah. No, yes. The New York Giants have one of the worst defenses in the league. So, to that end, yeah, I mean, we're just dragging this out. Uh, yeah, it's it's Colin through and through. Uh, Mike didn't put up 90 points last week. So until he can do that, I don't know that either of us is going to start picking him. Had it, had it not been for Gary last week, Mike would have had the, an all time whoops week. So oh, yeah. Oh yeah. All right. Where, where are we going next, Chuck? Um, speaking of all time whoops weeks, let's go to uh, you and Brian's uh, game there, John. All right. Let's look at it. This is the perfect time for both of you guys to be playing where it's like you're both two and three and neither of you are trending in the right direction. Brian's team is for one, just imploding around him. Yes. Yes. Um, yes. And your team is still dealing with some injuries and where you're just not, at least for the next few weeks, still not looking to be very strong, but what if he's going to win this game? And as a result, be 500 or got four and two and be, have a way better record than your team actually is in my opinion. Um, that being said, John, even though your team is injured, I think Brian's got some interesting matchups. I'm also not a fan of the fact that he's going to lean against the Browns defense mm-hmm. and have Steelers score points. So I'm going to go with you, John. I agree. I have me. Uh, I will say, I think, the reason that I made the trade with Paul is because of what you were saying. I am still several weeks away from getting my guys back, or I was still several weeks away from getting my guys back. I had McCaffrey on IR, Julio with a fucking hamstring that could potentially bug him all season. So I said, all right, let's bridge the gap. Mike Davis is apparently in the best running back position in all of football. First off, Mike Davis having a 21-point projection Nuts. Just by itself is nuts. Insane. Against Chicago, too, who has, like, yeah. a pretty decent defense. Yeah, good. they have at least a good front seven. Like Exactly. But uh, the reason why I was okay with Julio going was because Allen Robinson or Robbie Anderson, who, by the way, have bizarrely similar names, just kind of flipped. Yeah. Um, both playing, like, top ten, both currently top ten receivers and still playing, like, they're the favorite guys on their teams for their starting quarterbacks. Um, so, I I mean, my only weak spot in my mind truly is tight end. God knows if Jimmy Graham or Evan Ingram are going to actually pan out. But, yeah, I think I have more than enough horses to take down Brian in not only an off week, but, I mean, Brian's team is just... Brian's team did not die quickly like yours. Brian's team is just atrophying, which is kind of fun. Yeah, yeah there was not one foul swoop of a week where just two of my starters just tore their ACLs. No, yeah. Brian, that's the thing. You at least could prepare. Brian yeah. is still convinced that his team is viable, and it's I, – I, I don't know who Travis Fulham is. I don't. I <laughs> genuinely don't. His his picture – this is this tells you a lot. 
Travis Fulham's picture is in a Chargers uniform, but he plays for the Eagles. He's probably the only healthy receiver they have. Which is, oh, it's true. It's just incredible that he, that means that he was released, not traded, released he, by he the just, Chargers. He just didn't play in the first three games of the season. Yes, that is true because he was probably a practice squad player. Yeah. Um, but he had a big game last week, so that's why Brian probably so that's why Brian is starting him. John, I thought that trade you made with Paul was fairly mutually that's as even as official surprise. Like, because yeah. Paul's like, "What do you think?" Because Paul said Mike Davis is worthless to anybody besides John. Yes, because exactly. because he's got a expiration date on his value. Like, it's it's not like a James Conner situation from a couple years ago or something like that where he's the starter. Like he's got a lot of like Mike Davis had minimal trade value, and like you said, you sold who is obviously a really good player, but you you get a short term gain with Davis, and you could probably plug the gap that any long term loss would have happened with Julio. Like exactly, that was my uh, thing. I, I yeah. and I debated saying this to you earlier this week. I was kind of afraid that I was going to have to sell Julio for spare parts at the end of the year anyway, because he was just going to flop and like be just okay and i was going to be trading him for like a backup running back so to get some value out of him now to me was worth it yeah um next we're going to hit um we'll do alex and zach next boy (laughs) i mean alex has Kamara and Wilson on by. Mm-hmm. Winter Fournette is hurt. I mean, all signs point to Zach, completely healthy team winning this game. Alex is going to win. I mean, yes. I, 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 Josh Jacobs on by does hurt Zach. That, that's a huge loss. On by yeah, James 18, White in your starting lineup. 18 hurts. points yeah. a game. Zach's projected to win by, I don't know, 15. Alex is going to win this game. There's, there's no doubt in my mind Alex wins this game because. Yeah. Guess who's going to go off this week? I'm going to pick either Will Phil against the Patriots or Devontae Parker against the Jets. He's going to have 40. Like, there you go. Like, perfect. No, I, I agree with you, actually. Uh, in addition to the fact that... On the ESPN thing, Zach has every matchup advantage besides James White over Daryl Henderson. That's advantage goes to Alex. And... Tight ends, Tyler Higby versus George Kittle. That goes to Alex. Everywhere else, Zach has the advantage. Alex is still going to win. Yeah, so to me, Devontae Adams is coming off injury. So, and uh, Tampa Bay has a weirdly good defense. So, yeah, got to kind of look at Tampa Bay there. And James White, just no one knows what you're going to get out of him. Will Fuller has been hit or miss all year. And yeah, Philip Lindsay, bizarrely, the first week that he comes back, fucking Melvin Gordon gets a DUI. It's a DUI. Probably he will play, it looks like, but probably isn't going to be like the feature back. It seems like they're going to punish him by making Philip Lindsay the starter again, which is great for me. Um, and yeah, so Alex is just going to benefit off that. Daryl Henderson is apparently slowly becoming the feature back in LA. Yeah, no, I'm sure Tyreek Hill is going to catch like, catch like three 
ridiculous like 60 yard touchdown pass uh, on probably Josh Norman probably Josh Norman could probably try to deal up one-on-one mm-hmm. Tyreek Hill's gonna be mm-hmm. like you're an old slow man I'm gonna run past you and score touchdowns yeah Tyreek Hill he's not gonna actually move outside of a straight line he will run straight he will run straight and it will be a 60 yard touchdown so yeah, also I, yeah it's Alex uh, you know what people are talking about enough? It's that Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady are playing again in the regular season against each other. Do you remember last year when they played? No, I actually don't. It was last year, the Packers. I think this was last year. The Packers played the Patriots on Sunday Night Football, and it was like the battle of the goats. Remember every time NBC came back, they oh, had those two yeah. goats in the field. One had a Brady jersey on, one had a Rodgers jersey on. I'm going to guess nobody thought that there was ever a chance they were going to play each other again in the regular season. Because no. instead of that, the only time they would have played is a Super Bowl. Um, and they're just playing in week six the next year. Like, that's that clearly didn't age well, that little altercation there. Yeah. Tampa Bay versus – that is uh, one of my most entertaining things, which is, uh, like, all of the Tom Brady, like, rematches that are just happening with him at a – like – him versus Nick Foles, very fun just because, like, it's like neither of them are playing for the team that they last played for against yeah. each other. And it's still actually an important game. It's, it's So yeah. that, to me, is entertaining. Uh, um, next, yeah. we are going to move to me and Scary Gary. Um, color purple against Lost My Chub. Sure, um, sure, sure. So based on where Gary's team was a few days ago with who was in his lineup and who was on his roster, made a miraculous comeback. Um, he did. But I think that I'm going to be able to take this one. I'm going with the color purple. I, I'm, I'm putting – I might start Chase Claypool, also might just start um, just Jefferson again and go with the color purple. I'm all in on just all guys on the same team. It is insane that the one week you decided to do the absolute gibberish thing of starting two receivers on the same team, it worked. Yeah. Like, only seamlessly. Kind, only kind of. Because Justin Jefferson had, like, five points, Adam Thielen just ended, ended up having 30. So, together, those two together yeah. were just two <laughs> normal receiver days. Yeah. Well, but still, it was, I mean, it was ridiculous. I do, as I look at Gary's team, Gary has the horses to pull this off, especially given the fact that Kenyon Drake sucks, um, which out, it, it offsets. I hate, the- I hate, I hate Kenyon Drake so much. <laughs> I think I might start Chase Edmonds this week. Like you honestly he, should. He at, least, he at least catches passes. Jesus Christ, Charlie, get it together. I'm, I'm dying over here. Um, with it, I do think Kenyon Drake offsets the fact that Deandre Swift will score like eight points and that'll be it. Um, and also, when you look at Gary's receivers, it's really weird because it's like, oh, wow, that, that looks awful. But then you realize if you just switch Mike Evans with Terry McLaurin, it's just a very normal one, two, three. He just has Terry McLaurin as his top receiver and Mike Evans yeah. as his flex. Yeah. It does work. Uh, Kansas City against the Bills. Gary, if you listen to this before Sunday, please, dear God, switch that defense out. Austin Hooper is not good, but whatever. You can deal with it. Um, uh, Garrett, I'm I'm taking Gary here. I Chuck, I think you regressed to the mean. I don't know that Gary actually needs to do anything big to overcome that. I think he gets a me type of win where he scores like 120, and that's enough. Um, that's fair. Now, real quick, you want to touch on my team? So I texted. I mentioned earlier that I did a full, just a me at 180 on yes 
of my team being good. This is largely why. I played a little bit of the schedule game. So I play Gary this week. And next week I play, I think it's Colin next week and then Paul. Next week, week seven, these are my bye weeks. T.Y. Hilton, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Marquise Brown, and Mark Andrews. I am no longer, I do not have to pick anybody up. I will. I am allowed to violate the Zettler rule by having five bye weeks. Right. Um, the next week, week eight, I played Paul. And Deshaun Watson, Kenyon Drake, Chase Edmonds, and James Robinson are on bye. That's four. I'll just have to figure that one out. That's a loss, yeah. That's my, that's my entire starting lineup, besides my kicker and defense. On by, almost my entire team on by in those two weeks. Two games that I probably wasn't going to win anyway. Like, I probably wasn't going to be able to beat Colin or Paul. They're both pretty good. So, from week 9, 10, 11, 12, and 13, I'm, I got my whole team. And each week, I play somebody that has like a key, at least one starter out. So, I'm saying that the schedule at least will not impede me. Like I'm not going to get screwed by bye weeks. So it will be entirely of my own volition if I come in last place. This is I I that part I agree with. So yeah, so that's the, the bye week thing is I'm losing. I'm going to lose week 7 and 8. There's no chance I can win. My entire stars are are out. But after that, look out. Don't let, don't let the commission get the momentum back after that. That's all I got to say. So you're saying that we shouldn't be sleeping on the commish is what I'm I, I would say do not sleep on the commish. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, let's let's get into the last. Well, if you've then. done the math, then you realize that the last game we got to break down is the game of the week, the marquee matchup. It is Ben and Metcalfka-esque, which I think is a great name. It's against great Paul name. and the Odell special. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. does not have COVID, so that's one thing. It'll just be a decision. It'll just be a matter of, like Colin said, if his tummy feels better by hmm. Sunday, which I'm assuming it probably will. Um, so he will play. Um, I kind of like Ben here. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. It, the, the 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 problem here is that Paul's got really good matchups this mm-hmm. week. He's got Murray and Hopkins are playing Dallas. A non-existent defense with a non-existent quarterback now big points yeah big points there minnesota's defense stinks that's who tom girl that's who todd Gurley plays um james connor plays the browns who they give up a lot of points they score a lot of points who knows i'm so excited and afraid of this browns game all at the same time i don't know what to expect out of james great front four Incredible front like, four. Not just yeah. the line, not just the linebacking core. Yeah. Um, that being said, who knows? The Browns are in the process of getting healthy on defense, so they could get better each and every week. I guess, I, keep ta- I guess I keep telling myself that. Um, and then, you know, Zach Ertz and Crowder, that's his tight end of flex. Not going to really, you know, get too up in arms over the advantage there. Ben's got Lamar against Philly, who. There should be some points in that game, I think. Philly's coming around now, a little bit at least. They lost to Pittsburgh, but they played a really good game against them. You got Miles Sanders against Baltimore, Kareem Hunt against Pitt. So, I mean, Ben's got a lot of question marks, but I can see a lot of guys on Ben's team having those big games. 
So I'm going to go with an upset here and take Ben because I think it'll be fun if Ben wins, gets a two and three. And also we need, you know, if we get a bunch of two and threes and or two and fours and three and threes and stuff like that, this could get, get real exciting down the stretch here. So, Hey, Chuck, parroting the league, all-time high. Yes. Um, I I desperately want to pick Ben here, I will say. Uh, because I do, I agree with you. I like his uh, receiver matchups. I think Godwin Slayton going to do well. Taylor's going to run straight through Cincinnati's defense. But I don't like his running back matchups. Sanders against Baltimore, Kareem Hunt against Pittsburgh. Those are That's like running to two brick walls. Uh, and comparatively, Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins, that's a great highway to have this week. Gurley and Connor, I think, are going to do – I don't think Connor's going to put up huge points, but he'll do well enough um, to the point that it's not going to matter. I think this is going to be close, but I got to take Paul here. That's fair. Like I said, so, this is the, to review. the same way that I want to um, pick again. Chuck Go has uh... – Go ahead, John. Oh, so, yeah. No, you're fine. So uh, Chuck has Mike, me, Alex, himself, and Ben. Oh, we're off. Oh, boy. It happens. We we'll figure it out. We've down the stretch here, Chuck. <laughs> and I have uh, Mike, myself – I'm gonna, we'll take care of this in post. Alex, Gary, and Paul. Um, all right, Chuck, I'm, I'm going to wait a good 15 seconds to see if you catch up to me here. Do you have anything else to share with the people before we uh, sign off? No, I'll keep this quick. Just remember to set your lineups. And, of course, good luck to everybody this week. Okay, Chuck, do your best here. Uh, all right. We will see you guys again next week or two weeks from now or whenever the fuck we do this again. Uh, But until then, peace. Peace.